Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to On the Podcast, a short episode format podcast to give you something to do while you do your business on the pod, killing time. Or maybe your dryer is not pushing out any hot air. Ooh, I'm full of hot air. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, don't I know? (laughs) Clothes aren't drying. Clothes aren't drying. So... You call a repair person, they say, have you disconnected the, the vent to see if it's a vent <laughs> issue? You go, no. <laughs> so you go down to disconnect the vent, see the see if it's a vent issue. And those things are really hard to put back Man, on. no way. Like, you come and tell me if it's a vent issue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I agree. But I was like, maybe I'm going to save myself 100 bucks here. Mm. I just wasted time. So while you're frustrated, so while you're frustrated, trying to put that vent tube back on, turn on an episode of our podcast and learn something. I'm Liz. And I'm Katie. Hey, Liz. Hey, Katie. What are we talking about today? Katie, have you ever heard of the Dyatlov Pass incident? No, and I don't even know where that is, so uh, oh. let's start with uh, basics. Okay, well, can you guess <laughs> from the name? Uh, a pass in California. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not a, not a fad guess just because uh, the United States is built off of immigrants, but no. <laughs> so this is actually like one of my all-time strange strange incident stories mm-hmm. i think i've heard uh i think i've heard different podcasts and read different things on it multiple times and every single time i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> um, so not in california not in california <laughs> so this actually happened in uh russia at the time oh. it was the ussr the I was soviet <laughs> union very off well yeah you were <laughs> Okay, so in 1959, uh, this group was formed by Igor Dyatlov. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was speculated to be connected to the Komsomol organization, which was like a Soviet youth organization. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> good, good, like good kids, bad kids. Are they just normal kids? Communists. They're yeah. just communists. Communist kids. Communist cool. kids. <laughs> <laughs> Communist young people, Great. not children. Cool. Um, Igor was a student at the Euro Polytech Institute, and the uh, the group was formed of eight men and two women who were also students, mm-hmm. students and friends. They were grade two hikers and skiers, and after they completed this uh, expedition, they would then be uh, they would then receive a grade three, which is the highest level upon return. Okay, so this is like their final test before becoming. Ultimate champions. The best. The best. Yep. Um, so the route was to reach the northern region of the Sverdlaus. Sverd. I can't read my writing. Sverdlaus Oblast. <laughs> I can read Oblast. Uh, so they initially took a train to uh, Ivdel, which is the center point of the Sverdlaus Oblast, on January 25th, 1959. And on January 27th, they start hiking towards Gora Oderten. I I don't know why I chose a Russian thing, but Pardon bear with these me. names. Bear with me. Uh, now, on January 28th, um, well, okay, let me tell you who all joined on this expedition. So we had Igor Jotlev, as we talked about already. Mm-hmm. He was age 23. Great. Yuri Doroshenko, who was 21. Ludmila Dubinina. 
who was 20. Georgi, a.k.a. Yuri. Chris Chris Vonishenko, who was 23. (laughs) Alexander Kolevatov, who was 24. Zenaida Komogorova, who was 22. (laughs) Rustin Slobodin, who was 23. Nikolai Tibobrignoles, who was 23. (laughs) I feel like I'm doing a really good job with this. Uh, And Semyon, a.k.a. Alexander Zolotaryov, who was 38. That's weird. Oh, he's an old one. What's that guy doing? And then Yuri Yudin, who was 21. Mm Mm-hmm. So on so a couple days after they started their expedition, Yuri Yudin, the last one who I mentioned, ended up he had some like he had some like health issues and so he actually turned back due to some joint and, and knee pain. By himself? By himself, yeah. That feels dangerous, but I think they that's that not far the most the dangerous part of the story. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so on January thirty first, they arrived at the edge of the Highland area, uh, and they set up camp before before they uh, would climb. Uh, and so that next day, they were heading to the pass, and they uh, a huge storm came in, um, or at least it's speculated that a huge storm came in, mm-hmm. and they ended up heading heading the wrong way, which was west, because um, it got to a point where it, again it's assumed that they couldn't see where they were going; they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And so by the time that they realized they were heading the wrong direction, they just decided they were going to set up camp. And for whatever reason, they chose to set up camp on the slope of the mountain instead of walking. Uh, 1.5 kilometers into the forest nearby and people think that the reason they did that was because it was going to be like out of their way well and could they see the forest nearby maybe potentially maybe not. maybe don't really know. some also thought that maybe it was like uh diatlev igor diatlev just being like let's let's give a run a test of what it's like to set up camp on a slope of a mountain <laughs> In a huge storm. Cool, 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 cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> so he had said to people before he left that he would send a telegram no later than February 12th. However, when Yuri had turned around, he told Yuri that it was probably going to be a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So when the 12th came and went, nobody was like really worried. Panicked, yeah. yeah. Um, but by February 20th, the relatives demanded a rescue operation. And so there were teachers and students and other volunteers who first started looking. And then finally, like the military got involved. Mm-hmm. So come February 26th, they ended up finding a badly damaged tent that was torn in half and covered in snow. It was empty and the belongings and shoes were left behind and it was cut from the inside. I know. (laughs) This story, I swear. This story gets me every time. Oh, no. What they what they found after that was nine sets of barefoot or socked footprints uh, that were left leading towards the woods. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> I, know, I know. Oh, yeah. So on the forest edge, they found evidence of a fire by a pine tree. And by that fire, they found the bodies of uh, Chris von Chirichenko mm-hmm. <laughs> and Doroshenko. Uh, they were both in their socks and underwear. And there were five meters up, there were broken branches from the tree, the pine tree above it. And so they thought that one of them had climbed up the tree for some reason and Uh fallen down. Why were they in their underwear? Why were they in their underwear? Um, So between there and the camp, they actually found uh, Dyatlov, Kolmogorov, Kormogorva, (laughs) jeez, and Doroshenko, um, and they were heading the other way. They were also shoeless and in their underwear, and it looked like they were basically like returning to camp. 
Why were they all in their underwear? <laughs> Why were they in their underwear? I can't get over this. Why were they? In a huge snowstorm. Yeah. In their underwear. Yeah. God, what would, like, what, what, what would, what would compel you to take all of your clothes off? Insanity? Like, was it, okay, keep going. Yeah, so, we're, <laughs> so we've now find, found five of the remaining nine bodies, uh-huh. right? Um, the remaining four were found on actually May 4th. So quite some time after, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, several months after, and they were in, um, like three feet of snow in a ravine in the woods and they were better dressed. And it's been speculated that they were possibly wearing the clothes of the previous dead people. Oh, because it was like, like one of them had on one of the other people's jackets. And so... The potentially five died first, and then they took the their clothes to try and... But wouldn't you, like, I mean, do something with their bodies instead of, like, leaving them naked uh, <laughs> like it, that? We don't know what's going on. Cover There's them a storm. in the tent? Like, I don't know. So... Pile them together? <laughs> yeah. So, um... So the medical examiner actually found no injuries on those first five bodies uh, and claimed that they died of hypothermia. But uh, when they examined the May bodies, it told a different story. So there was skull damage and uh, major chest fractures. Uh, They were basically like lying in a river and Dubina was missing her tongue, her eyes and part of her lips uh post-mortem did they say and zola tariov was missing his eyes and then kola vatov was missing his eyebrows and they did say that eyebrows they did say that it was post-mortem so they think that like (laughs) something ate their eyes and tongue and whatnot but Uh, but they also did have this skull damage that was not post-mortem and this rib damage that wasn't post-mortem either interesting okay Mm -hmm. found in you said a riverbed a ravine yeah that that ended up like being a river maybe they got swept by the river and like got like drowned i mean i don't then it the river magically disappeared (laughs) (laughs) oh this is super weird i know so there was speculation that the local mansi people killed them um and that eventually in 1959 it was ruled that that it, they were killed by a compelling natural force, and then that was sealed. But Ooh. then, but then, obviously, it's so bizarre that yeah. all of this has been reopened, re reexamined, and I can't really even get into all of it because it's changed so much. But in 2019, somebody said that it was probably an avalanche or a slab avalanche or a hurricane. Which I'm like, I don't a know, hurricane. They would have, they would, there would be evidence that it was a hurricane. People would have known. A hurricane doesn't just pop up in one area out of nowhere. I literally, storm, yes. Katie, I have no idea. No. So, but, but basically what I can tell you is that, so over the years, they've been like re-examined the bodies. They've re-examined the circumstances. They've looked all over the place and all these experts have said there's no way there was an avalanche because like over these next you know, 60 years, there's never been an avalanche in this area. And there's been multiple hikers through there. Like there's no other evidence of avalanche, like outside of their like weird crushed bodies, but there's like, there was no other natural evidence huh. of an avalanche. So it's very, very strange. People have said it's a Yeti, you know, it's all this strange stuff, <laughs> but basically like what has been essentially like widely accepted is that at some point, you know, 
something was happening to with the storm with the tent they couldn't get out like the end the exit of their tent was blocked so they ended up cutting it out yeah you know those five those five of them left obviously one tried setting up uh, a fire they think maybe a group of them went out to find like a better situation and then you know some of them died yeah probably the others went out saw the dead body tried turning back around and died and then you know the mm-hmm. final four took what they could and and then we don't we still we don't, don't know, know what, what happened. happened to those others yeah and what i find very interesting though is that there was also another group of hikers in the area at the same time who actually um stated that they saw some strange orange spheres in the sky yeah yeah and like there's been like, <laughs> like they found they found some like evidence of like radiation on their clothes and stuff so it's very oh. like you know it's very oh. mysterious it's very mysterious. It's one of my favorite little mysteries because <laughs> it's still like nobody knows. That nobody can figure it out. That's the craziest thing in 2023 that there is still like mysteries like this. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Really weird. Um, and I don't think like in situations like this, we're never gonna know what's we're never what gonna happen know. to them. We're never gonna know. And it's just Man. so strange, like what happened, and then like like this blunt force trauma. Uh, that happened to these four people's bodies and why not the other five and what really did go down. And I will mention that Yuri, who turned around and did not make it, ended up dying in April of 2013 at the age of 75. And up until that point, like nothing weird, yeah, happened. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Russian mystery, never to be solved. Super weird. Aliens? This doesn't feel like an alien story to me. Feels this very feels like Russian. something. Yeah. <laughs> feels very Russian. I want to say like supernatural, and I know that is alien, but to me, uh, this supernatural feels. Supernatural yeah, encounters a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. I, I think the moral of the story is they say don't go into the woods, but I've heard too many stories of this. Go into the woods. <laughs> it, it's a better shelter. It'll protect you a little bit better from storms. Oh, in a storm, go into the woods. You hear don't go into the woods in a storm? No, that's like a... That's like Is a, that a thing? It's like a Broadway play. Oh. It's like a movie. Meryl Streep's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Must have missed that. <laughs> Sorry, Meryl. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Liz. Very interesting. Yeah, you're welcome. So what's that inside my body? Blunt force trauma. Yuck. For no explainable reason. Duh. <laughs> okay see you next time bye